Hello, everyone. Welcome to the In Squash Podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Gibson. Uh, today on episode 55, uh, we have the first of two uh, of the top ladies on the women's uh, professional tour, on the PSA tour. Uh, S.J. Perry has come on to the podcast today, and it's her second appearance. Uh, we're delighted to have her on. Dare I say, friend of the podcast uh, she was uh, on uh, on earlier on episode 14, so if you haven't listened to that one, uh, you might want to listen to that one first. But uh, this is a great uh, podcast. We, uh, as we uh, know, if you're following the tour, SJ's gotten off to a great, great start. Uh, we talk about how that came about. I think a lot has to do with her hard, the hard summer training she put in, and she uh, uh, tells us about that and how much she relishes. Um, that those hard training sessions now. In fact, uh, she's had a f- several five-game matches, most of wh- most of which uh, she's come through on the winning end on. So uh, she describes how uh, some of the changes that she's made in her training and uh, uh, how that's played out so far this uh, season. Also, we talk uh, a bit about her coach, Robert Owen, who, uh, as we all know, has... Uh, uh, not only with SJ, but uh, several of uh, his other players he's taken to uh, uh, got that, that uh, have gotten off to great starts so far, uh, including Joel Macon and uh, George Parker. Uh, he's a, he's also great to watch. Uh, so uh, she talks about Robert and, and his uh, approach to uh, the game and how he's uh, impacted uh, uh, her game over the last few years. And uh, we talk quite a bit about some other things as well. I know you're going to enjoy it. Uh, episode 55 with S.J. Perry, who, uh, by the way, uh, I happened to meet in Dubai at the Super Series final. And she couldn't have been nicer. You know, we, we didn't have a long chat, but we did chat. And then I watched most, most of her matches at that event. Uh, couldn't believe how tall she she is. I mean, she is tall, but I'm tall. And she's uh, she's a... I'd say she's about six foot two. Um, anyways, uh, it was really great to meet her there, and awesome to have her back on the podcast today. I know you're going to enjoy episode 55 with S.J. Perry. Well, this is uh, episode 55, and I'm delighted to have back on uh, with the world number six uh, currently, a 2015 British national champion, 2017 British Open finalist, and uh, she just... Uh, Recently won her second uh, NetSuite Open in a row with a 3-2 win over Renimuel Walili. Uh, quarterfinalist at the U.S. Open and finalist at the Carol Waymuller uh, Invitational. And also Player of the Month for October, Sarah Jane Perry. SJ, thank you for coming back on to the podcast. Thanks for having me again, Jerry. I enjoyed it last time and hopefully we can... Have a good chat again this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, you've seen seemingly uh, one might think you've had a, a few, uh, a bit of a reprieve from uh, from your squash, but obviously you haven't. You're not on the squash TV uh, as uh, these days, but you will be uh, soon uh, with Hong Kong coming up. But what have you been uh, up to uh, since uh, you left the U.S.? Um, well, it was a, it was in the U.S. for a whole whole month by the time I got back um so that's quite a in in some ways it was quite a long month with three tournaments on um polar coasts as well but actually in some ways it went quite quickly as well um now I've been really busy since I got home trying to um first off recover it's a long trip away and 
um, when you get home, your body wants to relax and just um, recuperate and start again. So you have to listen to it. So I had a few uh, kind of more lighter days and just resting and trying to do some recovery stuff. Um, and then we started ramping up, ramping up the training again and trying to get some really good, solid um, quality hard work in before we go off to Hong Kong in a few weeks. So that's the main focus at the moment, really, trying to get in uh, the best shape possible for Hong Kong and continue my good start to the season. Absolutely. Great start to the season. Actually, I got a message from um, the guy who runs the Squash Stories community on Facebook. I don't know if you know him, but he's a fan of yours, uh, Jamie Maddox. Um, he said he's going to watch you play at the PSL on Tuesday. So you've been busy uh, getting some match play in, I would imagine, as well. Uh, yeah, first off, I do uh, I do know Jamie. Um, last time he came to watch me at PSL, he didn't come and introduce himself, though. So hopefully he will this time. Um, okay. I have heard his son um, is at Warwick University now, which is our PSL team is a joint a joint effort between Kenilworth Squash Club, which is my home squash club since I was eight, oh, and wow. Warwick, Univers- Warwick University, which is um, the university I studied at and is just down the road as well. Um, so it's a really great effort. And um, I've heard Jamie's son, Christian, I believe his name is, yeah. um, goes to Warwick. So uh, maybe he's going to come down and tie it in with the visit to... Uh, to campus maybe he'll, he'll be uh, out at a student union after I don't know I won't be but he might be <laughs> but that'd be <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah I've been getting some uh, some some match play in I play in a men's um, local league as well oh great um, here how do you like how do you like that I've played it I've been playing in that since I was about I want to say 13 or 14 uh, so I'm very used to it now and uh it, it provides me some really, really good matches. Um, last week we played at Birmingham University and then to, um, to, what day are we on Sunday? Tomorrow I'll have another match and that'll be um, a, a really, that'll be a, I'll be a really tough one for me. Okay. Uh, so that they're really great matches to practice things I'm working on without putting too much pressure on myself. And Just curious, are they, are they physical? Uh, do they get, like uh, compared to your the ladies matches which which are which can get physical depending on who you're playing uh do they get physical at all with the guys um not not really not really just the um pace can be a couple of um notches higher than what you're used to playing on the women's tour but that again that's great for me because some of the women can play at that amazing pace and Mm. um a lot of it for me is uh, being able to absorb a bit when uh, I can't get the control back <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then try and control the pace as much as I can and uh, do that. So that's a really great practice and getting used to playing, you know, for as long as possible at that high pace as well. So I think that's really come across in, you know, my game in the last year. Um, and it's great to, you know, I train with, really high quality top boys a lot of the time um but also to actually play um some of these guys that i am playing in those leagues really adds that different level of practice because it is still competitive it's not like i i don't i 
I hate losing like um <laughs> until a few months until a few months ago I don't think I'd lost for a couple of years in that league but I tend to win most of my matches 3-2 um, three, three, two, great. Sometimes, sometimes lapses of concentration. Sometimes just by determination, and it actually is a very, very tough match. Um, but fittingly, I did win three two last week. Um, hopefully, I think tomorrow um, I'll have a very tough match, and I, I don't, I don't expect to win, but I'll go in there trying to work on what I'm working on and uh, try and impose impose my game as much as I can and try and find problem solve and find a way to actually get you know do a bit better than i really should do in that match if we put it like that <laughs> all right well well good luck uh, uh that's the the men's league match not the psl yes. match right yes psl psl will be uh, the day after okay yes so you've got you've got yeah, some uh, you've got some good uh, match play coming up i mean one thing i, I noticed with your results uh this season and having really started to follow you uh, a bit last season is uh, your five game matches. And you've had, uh, especially <laughs> you, you had, you had one against uh, Amanda where you came back uh, from love two uh, down. And I'd all, I, I saw you play. I, I met you and really great to meet you there in Dubai. And uh, I sort of had the impression that maybe you might not have the, the fitness in those longer matches, but you, you do. And um, is that something you've been working on or maybe something uh, I didn't realize uh, that was part of your game. Yeah, I think it's not. Um, th- my, my game is never going to be one that purposely makes it long and arduous. Um, <laughs> yeah. But we've definitely, um, particularly over this summer, managed to get a really, really good block of training into which a lot of that has focused on being able to cope with playing at high intensity for a lot longer. Um, so that involves some quite long, quite evil, brutal sessions, um, mm. which I've managed to put to the back of my memory somewhere. Uh, but no, we had a really, I had a really good summer training, and I think that, uh, you know, and I've the more of these matches that I'm playing, the more confidence I'm getting in my fitness and my ability to just keep going. Um, yeah, like you said, that match with Amanda. Um, I mean, it wasn't actually that long. It wasn't, I don't think it quite, it was about an hour, I think. Um, yeah. But I played a few longer matches as well. And I just, I, you know, I've got that bit of extra confidence in in my fitness and in my ability to just keep going and to find new depths to dig into, I guess. Um, you know, and the same in the San Francisco Oracle NetSuite final. I was I was two love up against Raneem and uh, she came back to two all and I think everyone had written me out after during and after the fourth game. Yeah. Um and I managed to come back on and find a second or might have even been third or fourth wind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just you know, so I know that if I keep going, eventually one of those will come. <laughs> oh, for um, sure. and and I think it was, I was on the edge of it last year. And then I think towards the end of the season, I was a little bit tired. Um, by the time I got to, say, Dubai, wherever I had a couple of injuries that I was struggling with and things. So it was good to have a break after that and then um, get that really solid block in, which I managed. And now, you know, I'm really pleased with how that went and trying to build on that now and just keep 
pushing forward and but then like I said not making my not making my game based around that but I know it's there if I need it no for sure you um obviously you've gotten out of the traps very uh, very well uh, at the start of the season then I guess that's uh, has to do a lot with what you said your summer training uh you've your coach is um Rob Owens and he's recently emerged as one of the sort of, I guess elite coaches out there working with you Joel uh, Macon George Parker amongst others um what is it about uh Rob uh, what what is Rob like as a coach, and what major impact has he had on on your game since you've uh, started working with him? Um, Rob, like Rob's a really great guy, and um, I think first of all, he likes to. The main main thing for me is that he likes to. He gets to know the players individually, so he knows the players. He knows us all inside out, and he also knows our strengths and weaknesses inside out whether that's um mentally physically um technically um but he you know so from that point of view he's very what he's coaching us um is very individualized mm-hmm. you know in when he's on court coaching us technically or uh, tactically and that's i think a really major thing you won't ever look at a player I don't think you know. Oh, they're coached by Rob Owen, like just by looking at how they hit the ball, right? Um, because I'm not saying that's a, necessarily a, <laughs> a great or a bad thing. I'm just saying that he doesn't because he's you know I hit the ball. My technique's quite different to Joel's. There's, there's similarities, um, and then different to George's again. So, yeah, so he does. He doesn't um, apply the same formula to every player. Is what kind of what you're saying? Yeah, I think there's some. Um, there's some non-negotiables, shall we say, that are really fundamentally important. And then after that, he's, he's all about um, making your strengths super strengths whilst you know, trying to improve your weaknesses to get them up to a level as well. Um, and just, you know, we, like I said, I train with when, um, even when I'm not on court with Rob, I go on court with, with Joel or George or any of the other, I think there's, there's can be up to 12 of us there um on any particular day usually a few less but you go on court with them and the you know the intensity that we're practicing at is you know really really high the majority of the time um so for me I think getting used to playing at that intensity is something that's been a huge change as well um and then he's also um really brilliant between games and getting Mm -hmm and also watching your opponents before and realizing their strengths and weaknesses and coming up with um, quite specific game plans for a particular opponent, which really helps. um, Yeah. I was just going to mention that. uh, I I forget who, I think it may have been George or Joel, but he, um, he actually uh, uh, showed us, uh, it was on Facebook or Twitter his game plan for one of their mm-hmm. matches and it, 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 it went to, it went perfectly. Uh, it, I guess it's sort of what you're saying there. And also the intensity, I guess, you know, Joel and George are very physical and very, uh, very fit and very fast. And that's obviously a rubbing off on you as well. <laughs> well, if I can get to anywhere near their uh, speed, <laughs> then I'll be, 
then I'll be quite content. Um, but no, it is just great to practice that. And you, you can practice your skills and your technical stuff all day long. Um, mm-hmm. And then, but if you don't practice them with the, and then go and practice them with the intensity is added as well. Then when you get into a game, it can fall apart really easily. Yeah. So I yeah. think that's where someone might go, m- might not see huge changes in my technique, which that there have been some quite major changes, but um, it, they might not see huge ones over the last few months, say, but actually the ability for it to hold up under pressure, I think has improved. Um, so that's definitely. You think more, uh, is that more in terms of, of uh, more in terms of fundamentals because your, your techniques obviously been one of, I mean, you've got a great, uh, you, great hold on the ball. You move the ball around the court mm-hmm. really well. You've been doing that for a few years. What else has, uh, have you done to uh, improve your that part of your game or, or your game in general to add to it, I guess? Um, well, like you said, a lot of it is was I was kind of hitting the ball great when I had time. I wasn't under pressure. Um, and then it was as soon as someone was stretching me out, I was like struggling. So I've worked actually really, really hard on my um, strength and power and ability to get in and out of corners with control basically yeah um so that when players are stretching me out then i'm able to defend better when needed and actually if if you do get the chance then able to counter attack a bit more rather than just predictably trying to hit the same shot all the time and it not being a very good quality uh so that's yeah i've worked really hard on that and we've done a lot of work on movement um and you know whether that's been in actual feeding sessions or in ghosting sessions or in the gym or we have a guy that comes in and does a sort of movement agility mobility strength (laughs) kind of session all about on court movement and really specific to what we're doing and that's you know that's a really great session um that we all get a lot out of a bit of, really, some of those really sessions that you want to forget to forget about uh, that you did in the summer maybe uh yeah there was some quite long <laughs> uh ghosting sessions and even in the gym just some very long sessions yeah <laughs> so quite high with lots of high intensity so you know but you you get you get through them because you know once you've done a few and you feel better you know how much they're going to help right so yeah for it, sure you kind of actually enjoy and start to relish the pain knowing that it leads to the improvements in the games that you want yeah you've inspired me now i'm gonna go do uh three sets of uh bike sprints today uh, i'm gonna try to feel the pain sj yeah i expect i expect to report back of uh, <laughs> lots of sweat and lots of lots of blood sweat and tears as nick would say absolutely yeah <laughs> Now, uh, I noticed there on, um, on your Twitter a couple of things. First of all, uh, really great that you're, you're out there as a spokesperson for women's squash quite a bit. Uh, in September, it was Women's Squash Month, and you were, you're doing a great job sending a positive message. Uh, the women's game, in my opinion, is arguably as competitive as it's ever been, uh, I think even more so than last time we spoke. And as dynamic, uh, you have a dynamic and eclectic group of players in the in the top thirty, top ten in the world. Um, 
just like to know how you feel about the state of women, the women's pro game, and then also the women's game uh, in general, women's squash. Yeah, I think women, the the pro, let's start with the pro game. I think the strength and depth is just really growing and growing all the time. Mm. Um, I think part of it is the actual increase in the prize money which has allowed more players to dedicate themselves full-time to squash rather than having to having to do other jobs and just playing squash and trying to break that barrier down and I think that has been seen in other sports as well where it's inevitably led to an increase in the standard um Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in squash, we already had the standard at the at the top, um, was already very good. But I really think then with this chasing pack behind as well, the top girls have, without a doubt, taken the game to completely new heights. Um, I think the, the skill, the power, the athleticism, the tactics all together and the subtleties as well. Like I don't think there's been many, you know, many players over the last 10, 10 years when I've been really watching the pro squash that have been able to put all of those things together consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that doesn't take anything away from those, but I think there's just multiple players at the moment who are, so exciting to watch and the matchups are amazing you know I was even though I was obviously gutted not to be there the US Open final I was I I mean one of the best performances I've seen from a female from um from Raneem in that US Open final it was you know and um but like that every time that's happened over the last few years all the other players behind if then gone right let's (laughs) yeah i'm gonna go work harder i'm gonna get myself to that level to be able to compete with that and so it's just gone up and up and up and you you've got you know in shabini and um raneem you've got two players there that are vying for that number one position at the moment and that's really exciting but you've actually got a group of players behind them that have won major titles um can still win major titles are right in the mix and then you've got players trying to break through into that group as well um someone like tesney who's really pushed on and has um now got her way into the top 10 and is challenging those top players and that's really exciting and excuse me i can only imagine from a spectator's point of view just as exciting as it is for us as players because oh. we are actually squash fans as well. <laughs> oh, definitely. Uh, I mean, you you go you watch any major tournament, and from round one on, pretty much uh, all the all the matchups are intriguing. Uh, uh, and then as you get uh, get forward into the into the tournament, uh, obviously it gets even more. So, so. yeah, definitely. Um, and then on the um, the women's squash in general, the yeah. parts particularly the participation point of view. I think there's some really, really great programs that are starting and the Women's Squash Week's a great initiative <coughs> to try and 
really showcase and bring to the forefront the the women in this sport because it's um for for years been seen as not not a completely a men's sport at all um but a male dominated sport really in the um in the club sector and things like that and it's great like my club um Kenilworth like I said before they have um we've we've got more women than we can fit that want to play team squash now than than we can fit in the teams um but some of the other clubs are struggling for women players whereas I think we have we've always had quite a strong um team sense and things like that for the women's team so I think they're some of the other players have come to our club maybe um but we've always had and we have a we have so many girls and that would play that, right would that up be just uh, would that be the culture them. maybe the the club culture that your club sort of has that maybe yeah, I think, clubs don't have so. yeah i think so maybe um and with the same with the the same with the junior girls as well i think we have because we have so many juniors and then you we've got quite a few girls they aren't the only girl they they make friends and as soon as you make friends and their relationships created I think that really strengthens that I think that's what things like the women's squash week are really trying to gain they're trying to gain that sense of community which I think is one of squash's real real strengths and to be able to create that female community as part of that as well um, to be able to encourage and support each other is is fantastic and I think the um, I know English squash had a um, a women's squash program uh, for beginners a couple of years ago, and that got in some new players. And then it's just encouraging women and girls to start, really, because it's quite a daunting thing to start a new sport. Um, so, but I think we're becoming more and more kind of open and welcoming. Um, I don't think we've ever been purposely not but just more positively open and welcoming and that's um that's really great as well um and then in the u.s at quite a lot of our tournaments now we're having like women's leadership luncheons and Mm. things like that through whether it's through the tournament or do some through the psa foundation and things as well which are about connecting the players sometimes with other um squash women in the community of where we're going to play and learning from them from their successfulness in business or their own sector um, or even the urban programs and things like that and learning that you know you can be a successful businesswoman and play squash and basically do what you want and mm. um, it's kind of a big movement overall at the moment, but I think we're that's something that can be really replicated um, outside the US as well, because there are plenty of um, very, very successful women in their fields that are involved in squash, and it's just tapping into that and um, getting them to share their stories with other women in squash and yeah. also the the female players for their own um, self-improvement and look even looking forward to the future when they're not playing squash anymore. 
Yeah, it'd be great. I'm sure there might there must be hundreds of uh, thousands of uh, very successful. Obviously, there are uh, women out there playing the game, and it'd be great, like you said, to have uh, sort of more of a, uh, a face to who they might be and and get them involved in the game uh, uh, in a more public way uh, somehow. Yeah, definitely, definitely would. Yeah. Now, uh, SJ, uh, you've been great with your time, but I, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, ask you uh, this this last question. And I noticed on Twitter, and I'm really uh, sad to hear about it. Um, someone keyed your car recently. <laughs> yes. What, what happened they did. there? What, what happened there? Did you uh, have you uh, have you found out who it is? Or any resolution? And did, and did insurance cover the? Uh, uh, absolutely no resolution. Um, it's 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 not the worst key I've ever seen. <laughs> okay. Um, I I came back from my uh, month away, and uh, the, uh, it was dark when I got back, so I didn't really see my car. And then I think it was the next day or the day after, I just realised in the evening, and I just saw it because it's not it's not the worst. I've seen a lot worse damage to cars, but I've only had the car a few months, so. <laughs> oh no. Uh, mm still quite precious still quite precious on it but um yeah i just realized one evening and there was and i'd been to maybe five or six different places that day so okay. there was um there was no uh definitive answer as to where it happened or what or who did it or anything like that so oh. i haven't had it sorted yet but i will um okay. step one was just in case it was outside my house. I've sold my flat, so I'm oh, moving. Maybe um, <laughs> you sold it. Uh, no, okay. I was doing. I, I was doing that anyway. Um, right. So at some point, I will be moving, and hopefully, I'll have like a driveway or something rather than it being parked on the road. But yeah, I was just we'll thinking, uh, what, what, what could have what could have caused the the key? Was it maybe just someone uh, uh, like a someone stumbling home one evening and uh, just. Uh, I live down quite a quiet street, so mm. I don't know. Um, so I don't. I wouldn't like to. I wouldn't like to speculate about who it might have been. Uh, but I doubt <laughs> it was anybody. I, I very, very much doubt it was anyone I knew. Um, I don't think I. I don't think I doled out any thrashings at the squash club. Like, no, one of these old that. guys <laughs> in that you beat in the league, maybe. Yeah, three two. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Come and search out my car. It hasn't got the most uh, incognito number plate on, so. If, uh, it's quite easy to spot that it's mine yeah. <laughs> if, if you know me yeah 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 well uh sj thank you so much for uh, it was great chatting with you again and i just want to wish you uh all the best in the hong kong uh, open i'll be watching uh, those matches and um uh, good luck with your matches today and tomorrow in the in the leagues thank you very much joe it's been great to talk to you again take care have a great one thanks cheers bye-bye Uh, thank you so much, SJ. That was a lot of fun. And uh, again, sorry to hear about your car getting the getting uh, keyed like that is a bit. Uh, and having you know just gotten home to find uh, find out that that's happened, a um, bit of a sad uh, story. And we're sorry to hear about that. But um, anyways, onwards and upwards. Uh, you've gotten off. She's gotten off to a great start uh, to the season. And Hong Kong's coming up. So good luck uh, heading to Hong Kong, SJ. And uh, everyone, again, thanks for listening. There's going to be episode 56 following shortly after this one, so stay tuned for that. And as always, thanks for listening. Goodbye now.